Hey everybody, welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more order when you download the Total Beverage app or go to totalbeverage.com today. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am here solo today. AD and AJ worked the game this afternoon, so I told them I'd go ahead and take care of the podcast this evening. Well, the Avs, they uh, they did. They played an, an afternoon game. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. They played an afternoon game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day a, uh, a one o'clock start against the Nashville Predators. And it was a very, very frustrating game, as we've said multiple times here over the last several, several weeks. Uh, quick snapshot of the game. The Avs dominated and lost four to one. Obviously, let's dive into that a little bit further. We are, we're just going to jump right in since there's no one here to kind of waste time with me talking about useless nonsense. We will we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, let's start in the first period. All abs. The abs were completely dictating the pace, controlling what was happening on the ice. They were playing physical. They were pushing play. And uh, and it put Nashville on their heels, quite honestly. Nashville was, was playing really, really overly aggressive hockey. And uh, the, while there was a lot of stuff the refs let them get away with, which again, I'm going to circle back to, Nashville did take a number of penalties, if my memory serves me correct here, without switching screens. Uh, three penalties were committed in the first period by the Nashville Predators. The Avs couldn't capitalize on any of their chances. So it's, it is. It's, it's tough to complain about, about poor officiating when you can't capitalize on the penal, uh, excuse me, on the power plays that you did get. But what, what was encouraging was that the Avs were, were generating. They were taking it to Nashville. This is a team the Avs have always struggled with, the team that usually likes to try to get physical with the Avs and the Avs back down. You didn't see that today, especially in the first period. You saw the Avs continue to push the play, hit right back every time they got hit. Nikita Zadorov had a huge hit in the neutral zone that, of course, uh, you know, clean hit right there with the play. Uh, you know, puck was in was was in the area, totally illegal hit, and Austin Watson comes over and Nikita Zadorov has to drop the gloves and and, and sit for five minutes. Uh, so you know that that's always something that frustrates myself. I know AJ, uh, AD's a little bit more old school, but you know, clean hit, guy shouldn't have to answer the bell. 
And uh, so, so it was really encouraging. You're sitting there watching this going, man, this is not the typical abs predators game. You could see it in the play of, of Nashville. They were getting frustrated. They were, they were holding, hooking, grabbing, you know, taking extra hits or excuse me, extra shots behind the play. And, and, and you could tell the abs were, were really getting Nashville out of their comfort zone and, and, and out of the way they typically like to play against the avalanche. The, the officiating was, was questionable at best in the first period. And, and it only got worse as the game went on. But just, just from where I was sitting, immediately happening, you know, right, right in front of me, was I saw at least three blatant, blatant penalties that went completely uncalled and, and had an effect on, on what was happening on the game. One in particular, Miko Rantanen was, was driving behind the net and literally grabbed around his arm, pulled down to the ground, no call, lost possession of the puck. Uh, it, it really did. It looked like Nashville was, was willing to do just about anything to, uh, to try to get back in the game. You also have to give a ton of credit to Pecorine. If it wasn't for Pecorine in that first period, the score could have easily been 2-3 to nothing uh, just going into the first break, uh, the, f- the first intermission. So you, so you give them a lot of credit there, uh, Pecorine that is. Uh, but it was, it was nothing, but, nothing but encouraging uh, from the abs after one. Now they come out again. They're, they're having to kill a penalty to, uh, to start the second period. Now, when you look at the game flow chart, it actually looks like the Avs controlled the puck a little bit better in the second than they did in the first. But again, I, you, you guys know me. I like to use the eye test as well as, as kind of you know, the, the fancy stats, the, you know, the advanced statistics, that kind of stuff. Because I think you can tell a lot from, from what you're seeing. Uh, I don't know if necessarily better, but I think there are a lot of things that that advanced statistics don't quite show uh, versus just just kind of the naked eye. And and it looked like the, the game had balanced out a little bit more to me. Maybe there are some people that, that disagree with me on that, uh, but it did. It looked like the game balanced out uh, a bit more. And absolutely, after what, what I thought was a really great first period from Nikita Zadorov, physical, uh, you know, he was engaged. He was he was jumping up. Uh, I thought it was a really good first period from him, and just an absolutely terrible turnover in the slot, which led to a a, a Nick Bonino. I don't know if you necessarily want to call it soft. Wasn't the best goal. Um, definitely wasn't the best goal for Varley to give up. Now here is an issue that I've had with the Avs through this horrible stretch that we've we've been watching. And it, and it reminds me of the abs of the last few years. They're giving up a goal, and they can't seem to shake it off quickly. They're, they are, are way, way, way too frequently over this stretch. I believe it was all five games on the Canadian road trip. They gave up two goals within, I believe, three minutes or less of each other in every single game. And tonight was no different. The, this afternoon was no different. Nick Benito scores at 5:01 of the second period, and Victor Arvidsson scores on a wraparound goal at 6:35. Uh, the the Arvidsson goal 
on one hand, give the guy credit. That's that's a nice tuck, um, you know, coming around off, off the rush. But on the other hand, I thought both Ian Cole and Semyon Varlamov way overcommitted uh, to, to the first kind of like head shoulder fake on, on the short side. And Ian Cole completely dove to the short side post. Uh, Semyon Varlamov 100% committed his positioning to that. And Nick Benino basically had a wide open net when he circled around on the other side, completely un, un or did I say Nick Benino? I meant Victor Arvidsson, excuse me, completely uncontested. And and it's just so frustrating to to watch, you know, two <coughs> excuse me, of your, of your more veteran guys. Ian Cole was brought in to, to be the veteran presence. And I feel like we've seen him make more bonehead mistakes than anyone recently. <coughs> <laughs> so so for me that one that one was was really where I felt that the Avs were gonna have a hard time getting back in this one. The, the Nashville Predators are are they're not a great offensive team. You you look at the weapons they have. I mean Victor Arvidsson's okay. Philip Forsberg I think is is wildly overrated. Uh, you know Ryan Johansson is is fine. Uh, who, who wasn't even playing tonight? You know, their 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 forward core to me is why they uh, are really going to struggle to ever get over that hump and 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 win anything meaningful and not be just putting up banners for for funsies. Uh, they don't have the offensive punch where this team really really excels is is locking things down on defense. Pecorine is is a you know. He's a freak as far as his size, but he's just as athletic as a Semyon Varlamov. So while he is, and AJ, I think, put it best the last time he and I were talking about it, you know, Pecorine is a, he's a high wire act where it's, when he pulls it off, it's, it's great goaltending. Uh, but for me, I, I, that's another guy that, if he's not on his game a couple years ago, we thought the dude's career was done. He was battling injuries. He's bounced back really nice. But, but, but when you, when you have a Pecorine that's on, especially the way he was in the first period, he's going to be able to ride that momentum and a team that's as defensively sound as, as Nashville is, you're going to have a really, really hard time getting back into a game when you're down by two. Uh, Sam Gerard made a really nice play to, uh, to Alexander Kerfoot to get the abs back within one. But again, you you look at the <clears throat> you look at the game, you know the, the game flow charts and, and a lot of the advanced statistics, and and the Abs did they controlled the puck the entire game, uh, they were the ones applying pressure, but it just never really felt like they were truly truly threatening. They had a handful of plays where they forced Rene to make some nice saves. Uh, but but for my money, I never felt that that imminent. Here it comes at at any moment. They're gonna just break through and 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 just start pouring it on the Predators. And a lot of that has to do with the way the Predators defend. It's it's really really tough to to pour it on on Nashville, and that's why they've been so good for the last handful of years, despite not having that that offensive punch up front. Is is they just they lock it down defensively and the abs really while they controlled the puck for most of the game really never were were overly threatening, in my opinion. 
the, the third period was again, uh, it was obvious Nashville was just kind of locking it down. The Avs never really, uh, you know, had, had much of a threat. You didn't even really get the, the, the sense of, oh, well, the Avs will, you know, they'll, they'll get their obligatory one goal under five minutes to go and, and make it interesting. You never ever, ever really got that feel. Um, and, and Nashville adds an empty netter, uh, with, with three something to go as Ryan Ellis sinks a 200 foot shot, uh, in, in, into the empty net as the Avs are just desperately trying to get back in. So that was it. I mean, that was kind of what happened today. Again, not, not a lot that you can feel great about, especially when you're just trying to get back going, uh, you're heading into the break. You don't want to head into the break on a down note. The abs are just really kind of sputtering, trying to get started. You're seeing you're seeing them take over games uh, as as far as as game flow, game possession, and and so so you're seeing that they're they're outplaying other teams, but they just continue just too many small mistakes, and and you don't have the goaltending right now to make those mistakes, and and it's costing them. You want to see them get into a rhythm. You want to see one of these goaltenders get <clears throat> get back to, to who they are. And until that happens, you're, you're really kind of in a tough spot. Let's go ahead and take our first break. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Welcome back in. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano here by my lonesome breaking down abs preds for you guys. Four to one loss for the Avalanche today at <clears throat> excuse me, at home. Matinee matchup against the uh, division rival Nashville Predators. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the decor right now, you guys. It's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the goaltending hasn't been good enough, absolutely no doubt. One of the comments I made in the last segment was the Avs just keep having too many of these small mental lapses, and and the reason I want to talk a little bit about defense 
is because Eric Johnson is 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 out of the lineup for obviously today, uh, the uh, the game on Wednesday, and uh, and they're going to reevaluate after the All Star break and the bye week. Good news for the Avs on the Eric Johnson front is you're about to have two weeks off, so you got to get through these next couple games. Uh, but but so you're going to be looking for a couple people to step up because as <laughs> as not great as Eric Johnson has been uh, th- this season so far. Dude's one of your top pairing defensemen. He eats up a lot of minutes. And so you're going to be looking at guys like Tyson Berry, Samuel Gerard, Nikita Zadorov to step up. And the reason I don't mention Ian Cole is because, for my money, Ian Cole has, has probably been the Avs' worst defenseman consistently since the beginning of December. It seems like every time we're talking about one of these little mistakes, it's it's Ian Cole. I guess I shouldn't say that. That's not... Totally, that's not totally true. That's not totally fair. Uh, it just seems like a lot of the time. But so, so you're watching these games and you're saying, man, oh man, how are the Avs outplaying opponents by so much, and still coming out on the wrong end? Well, the obvious, the the, the obvious go to is is goaltending. The goaltending just hasn't hasn't been good enough uh, at at all. And and it continued today. You're 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 getting one or two games where you're getting decent goaltending, uh, nothing nothing great uh, from from Colorado's standpoint. You're you're still looking to the offense. The offense is going to have to put up a ton of goals uh, to 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 pull out a win. You know this this is a three goal league. You get to three goals, you're most likely going to win. Nashville made it three one. You're going to have a hard time getting three goals. Uh, three three pucks past Pecorine to to pull out a win here today, no matter what. So the Abs can't continue to give up three three plus goals a game, and uh, and a lot of that falls on on <clears throat> on the netminers. But the other thing to me that is that has been a a consistent issue is all right. So you're gonna play great for in today's case 25 minutes. The Abs really really controlled the pace, and then just a couple. Bad, bad breakdowns. Nikita Zadorov. Now, granted, he felt some pressure trying to come out of the zone, but come on, man. You're an NHL defenseman. You can't just throw a puck blindly into the center of the ice. Chip it up, chip it out, send it back around, try to cycle down low. Uh, you know, in your in your own zone, you've got help. It's just it's too many of these bad mistakes, and a lot of the time, you're seeing them being committed by by the D core of the abs. Now this is a much, much, much improved defensive core for for the Avalanche that we've seen versus the last handful of years. No doubt at all. But part of the reason to me that the goaltending has been lacking so much and their numbers have been uh you know so horrible, honestly, <laughs> uh is the abs are controlling play and then just a boneheaded mistake. And that's why you're looking at the shot clock going, huh, nine shots against two goals. It's because those two chances are coming off, or excuse me, those two goals are coming off great opportunities. That has been one thing that has been consistent over the last month is when you look at any of the advanced statistics, the abs are usually way, way, way ahead in every category with the exception of high danger chances. Now, let me preface all, or not preface, I guess I've already been talking for a handful of minutes about this, but let me let me stop really fast and say, I'm not giving an excuse to Philip Grubauer or Semyon Varlamov. They've been terrible. Nowhere near good enough. 
nowhere even close to good enough to be considered an NHL starter. Absolutely, 100%. But when you are giving up that many high danger chances, to me what that says is your coverage in the D zone is lacking to, I guess not your coverage. What's the right way to say this? Your consistency in the D zone is lacking. That when you are giving up almost any opportunity, as rare as it might be, it's of, of quality. And again, you look at that <clears throat> play today by Victor Arvidsson. There's two ways you can look at it. Eh, three ways. <laughs> you say, one, that's a great play by Victor Arvidsson. Two, that's a bad play by Ian Cole. Or, or three, it's a combo of, of the two. Ian Cole has been around for for a long time in the NHL. He was brought in because he's got Stanley Cup experience. He's got playoff experience. He's been around. This is supposed to be a guy that that isn't going to be flashy. He's not going to be Sam Girard. He's not going to you know he's not going to be you know that type of guy. But he's 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 supposed to not be making these types of mistakes. You're sitting there and you're watching that. You're saying, all right, Victor Arvidsson has skated himself out of position to make a play. He, he's way too wide. You, you got to cover the middle of the ice. Don't let him to the middle. And if he fires a goal line shot that goes short side elbow in, then you say, all right, a great shot. Beat your goaltender. Or, hey, your goaltender should have that. But Ian Cole making a beeline for the short side post I don't know what he was trying to accomplish there. Victor Arvidsson's not going to try to put that one on the ice. Short side. And if he is, Semyon Varlamov has that post sealed. Read the play. Be more aware. Force Victor Arvidsson to swing wide. You literally cut to that side and, and let Victor Arvidsson have half the ice just by making a curl around the net. Now, obviously, he tucked it in. But had he even come out on the far side, there would have been no one there to contest him for several seconds. That, the Nikita Zadorov turnover, are just small examples of the types of things that I, I don't know how you, how you course correct if you're the abs. You can only do so much coaching before you just look at your guys and say, what are you doing out there? These are NHL defensemen. You should be able to read a play better than that. You should know not to throw a puck up the middle of the ice. And and to me, that's the kind of stuff that's just completely unacceptable and contributing to to the, the myriad of losses they're experiencing recently just as much as the bad goaltending. Just by cleaning up one of those mistakes... Ian Cole makes a, the right read. Nikita Zadorov either pins the puck on the wall, sends it high off the glass, reverses it back down low into his own zone. When Alexander Kerfoot scores the goal off a beautiful Sam Girard feed, you're at one-to-one, and you're not coming from behind. You're not having to, to chase a two-goal deficit. The Avs are just having too many boneheaded mistakes in their own zone. And again, to my eye, the vast majority of the time, it's being not being caused. It's it's a defenseman who's doing it. You had the one a few weeks ago that was Miko Rantanen losing his coverage. You've had mistakes by your forwards in your D zone, but you can't keep having the same mistakes from Ian Cole. You can't keep having, you know, Nikita Zadorov who 
we're still trying to figure out who he is, what he is, what he can become. You can't have him making those mistakes in the middle of the ice and putting a goaltender whose confidence is lacking, who hasn't been playing well, in a position where he has to make a spectacular save. And uh, now again, I, I don't love the way that Varlamov played the Ardvidsson goal either, but the... They turn over in the middle of the ice, call it a soft shot, say he should have had it five-hole. The fact of the matter is you're, you're putting Nashville on a on a two-on-one between the circles. And asking any goalie to come up with a save there is asking them to come up with a big save. And you're not getting the goaltending right now to do that. The Avs have to play a perfect game in their own end for them to start getting consistent wins again. And they aren't doing that. And, and if they can start ironing out even half those mistakes, you're going to be putting your goaltenders in a much better position to make saves, keep you in the game, and keep the score close, and let your offense keep doing what it's been doing. Momentum is a very real thing. Teams feed off having the lead. Goaltenders, if, you know, Pecorino today, he played well, he kept his team in it in the first, then suddenly he had a lead to play with. And... And he, uh, you know, that, that's a guy who's who's been there, done that, and he's going to step up and he's going to make the saves. And and as soon as the Avs can start cleaning up some of those mistakes, the better. Uh, I'm not expecting them to do it here on Wednesday, you know, overnight, especially without Eric Johnson. But I think the Avs need to take advantage of of the 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 long break that they've got coming up. They've got the all-star break. Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen are going to go have some fun in, in Northern California. And then as soon as that's done, the Avs go on their bye week. So you got two weeks to fully reset, totally recharge the batteries, and uh, and, and get ready to go. So uh, let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap the show up for, uh, for this Monday as it's about to get very cold and very snowy here in Denver. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We'll be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano here writing solo. AD and AJ worked their tails off this afternoon, so I'm going to go ahead and do the same for them here this evening. Going to break away here from the, the Avs-Preds game. 4-1 to one loss, you guys know how it goes. I'm just going to do a quick segment here on... Uh, right now, what, what is currently a line in, in the AHL? I was talking to a good buddy of mine at, at the game today, and he was saying, and this is a, an idea I've seen a handful of people throw out on Twitter, so we're just going to talk about it if, it if it makes sense, if it's possible, if it's realistic. He was saying, here's what I think. I think the Avs should keep Jost down in the AHL for a little while, play him with Cout and Greer, see how that goes, and then in March, or maybe not in March, maybe next month, 
You call the three of them up as a line. You drop them in. You and you say this is our this is our fourth line. These are guys that are comfortable with each other. These are guys that that are are playing well. Yada yada yada. You send down Dries. You send down Bork. Scratch whoever. You know, it's uh, you know take your pick. Matt Nieto can jump up on a, on, on uh, you know back on a line with Calvert. Whatever you, whatever you want to do. In theory, I like the plan. I think it's. Uh, I think it's creative. I think you can kind of appease some of the fans. You can also have a handful of your young kids start to get, you know, familiar. I don't necessarily think it's realistic, though, because in one month's time, a month and a half, whenever you'd want to do it, you are hopefully going to be making a, a push for the playoffs. If this keeps up much longer, we don't really know, but you're, you're, Theoretically going to be making a, a push for the playoffs. Tyson Jost was part of it last year. Great. AJ Greer has has a decent number of game, uh, excuse me, NHL games under under his belt. Nothing really of, of a ton of meaning. And Martin Kautz, a, a total rookie. So that's a line that you wouldn't be looking at to to have an impact late in a game. You're not going to be rolling that line out much in the third period. And especially late in games when, when stuff is on the line, it's they're not going to do anything. You're not going to trust those guys to hold a lead, get you back into a game, nothing like that. You're going to have three guys that are... Because honestly, what, what, so what's, what's the point of this Tyson Jost uh, quote-unquote demotion? It's, it's for him to, to figure out how to be able to be the guy. I, I put it out in a tweet last week. You know, Tyson Jost, the theory was when they signed Tyson Jost is, look, we're, we're the worst place. We're, we're the worst team in the NHL by a mile. We're going to call this kid up. We're going to get him in some situations and, and we're going to be able to give him some minutes. And then next season, we're not going to be very good again. So we can continue to do that. We can we can throw them over the boards as as uh, as, as much as we want. We can we can kind of force him out of his comfort zone and, and and just hope that he learns along the way. But when the Abs came out and were suddenly a, a much better, much more competitive team than than most people thought. Not most people. Everybody thought it was well. Hey, we need to win games. We're in a position to to make a run for the playoffs, and we can't have a kid out there trying to figure it out because we we can't afford that ice time to to be wasted. Essentially, as as it's not a real scoring threat, the the kids out there trying to figure out how to be a two C. So that's what this demotion's about. Go figure out how to be the guy on a, on a line, and and so you you'd be calling back up. And be throwing him right back to the wolves. And, and Martin Kaut, you would be doing the exact same thing, but this is a kid with, with no NHL experience. Here's the only situation in which I see something like that work out. If between now and pick a date that, that you would like to see something like that happen, if it's March 1 or, or whatever, if between now and then those three really, really start to familiarize themselves with each other, and just absolutely set the world on fire, then yeah, call them up. Roll them out there and, and say, these are three kids that, that we know work well together. 
But what I honestly think this is more than anything else, uh, I, I think it's one, I think it's to get Jost some confidence. Gets, get Jost back fe- feeling his game. I mean, this is a kid that all, all of these guys at this level, they've been, they've been the best player at, at, at every level all growing up. And so for them to go through stretches like this where not even just stretches for Jose anymore. This is this is now back-to-back seasons where it's just not going the way it has his entire life. Literally his entire life where every time he rolls over the boards, he's one of the best players on the ice. Uh, every team that he's on, he's put on the team because he's one of the best players, uh, you know, whether it be at tryouts or, or, or what have you. And... And so they're, they're out of their comfort zone. So it's, hey, go be the best player on the ice again. Find that confidence. Find your game again. Find that offensive touch. And, oh, while you're at it, I think for the Avs, is go get familiar with Martin Kaut. That's, that's a, uh, a combination that I think the Avs are really going to try to look at next year down the road as, as a center and a wing. Or, you know, the, the jury's still out on, on what they're going to do with with Tyson Jost as far as center or wing or what. Uh, I think a lot of that is, is kind of dictated by, uh, you know, how, how he performs and, and what he does while he's with the Eagles. But, uh, you know, I, I think those are two guys that they want to see, again, in theory, play together down the road. And, and I think they're trying to get each other, I think they're trying to get one another familiar. What do they like to do? What don't they like to do? Where do they like to go? And, and see if they can find some chemistry there. And and here's the other thing I told uh, my buddy today. I mention him all the time. His name's Kevin. Great guy. Go to him for all of your sports betting advice. Um, I think they're trying to see, can Martin Kaut help us make the playoffs? Can Tyson Jost help us make the playoffs? Because like I, I, I think I talked about it last week on Twitter, Part of the reason Tyson Jost wasn't sent down earlier is what are your better options? Tyson Jost has been your best option because right now you're you sent Tyson Jost down your replacement in your lineup by Gabe Bork. I think we can all agree as much as Tyson Jost has struggled, he's an upgrade over Gabriel Bork. But I think the Abs are looking at these two kids and saying, are they gonna are are, are we gonna benefit long term more? from them being in the AHL right now, playing with each other, figuring their game out, getting adjusted to, to you know, a higher level of competition? Or are one, both, maybe even all three of these guys, are they more valuable, as, valuable to us right now to help us make a playoff push? Because I, I got a text after the game that said, man, Sackick's got to do something. And I replied back and said, well, what the, the tough situation the Avs are in right now is it's your goaltending. And like I mentioned in the last segment, it's a handful of mistakes in every game. There's not much you can do. I don't necessarily want to go dip my toe into the, the goalie market right now. You know, Sergei Bobrovsky is, is a Vesna goaltender, but he's pending UFA. Columbus is in a dogfight of their own to get into the playoffs. I don't know if they're necessarily gung-ho to, to get rid of Sergei Bobrovsky. They have their own decisions to make. AJ and I talked about it last week where do you try to get something for him? Do you 
just say YOLO, we're going to go for it. And uh, if, if he walks, he walks, but we're going to go try to win something this year. Yeah, that's completely different. But Sergey Bobrovsky is, is really the only option out there on the goaltender market. And that you're going to have to be given up a lot. Uh, and, and, and you're also going to have to, that, that deal would be to me contingent on him saying that he's willing to, to stay long-term. And even at, at that, that's you admitting we, we, we messed up on Philip Grubauer. Uh, I don't, you're not going to go make a trade for a defenseman. You got Connor Timmons in a non, in, in a regular Jersey yesterday for the first time this season, I still think that the Avs might just give him a look uh, coming out of the All-Star break. Maybe it's a game, maybe it's two, but uh, I, I have a weird feeling that um, the Avs might give him an NHL look. Uh, but you got Timmons, you got McCarr, you got Gerard. You're not going to go trade for a defenseman to, to hopefully get out of these, you know, these struggles that you're having. So what do you do? How do you shake things up? What, are you going to go get another Matt Calvert on the cheap just to say, oh, here, we're injecting some life? Nah, I mean, I guess you can. Uh, maybe that replaces Gabe Bork and you, and you feel better about Tyson Joe spending the rest of the season in the AHL. Um, you know, are, are you going to go give up a lot for Kevin Hayes and, and hope that he doesn't walk? You better not because Kevin Hayes is meh at best. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know what else you can do uh, you know, to, to, to shake things up other than you hope that you can evaluate the three kids that are playing together right now in the AHL and say, we think these kids bring more value to us at the NHL level this season. One or all, you know, one, two, three of them bring more value to us, the NHL this season to help us get into the playoffs, uh, than they do, you know, with the Eagles or, or in Cout's case, we find it more valuable to, you know, to have him on the NHL roster than we do saving that year, <clears throat> excuse me, of ELC. So it's just, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting theory or not theory, but, uh, it's an interesting idea. I, I wouldn't hate it, but to, for me, the, those three kids have to, uh, they got to really set the world on fire. They, they got to really, really impress you. And they've got to really prove that yes, I, we, both of us, whatever, we have more value to you, Jared Bednar, than we do the Colorado Eagles. As much as you want your your, your system to have success, the, the parent company is, is what pays the bills and that's what everyone's here for. Uh, that's where, where winning is the most important. So if, if you can look at them after you know the all-star break, after a month, whatever, and say, any one of these kids or a combination of these kids uh, we think could help us, then do it. Then bring them up, leave whoever down you want, call all three up, do whatever you want. But you've, you've got to be able to justify that they are more valuable to you based on their play in the AHL than, uh, th than anything else. And I'm really anxious to watch the next couple of weeks, see how Tyson Jost does, see how Martin Kaut plays with Tyson Jost and, uh, and A.J. Greer. I think that's a kid that that's a really valuable asset to the abs. I have a, I have a hunch. Uh, this is based on nothing more than just a gut feeling. Uh, he, the abs might try to, uh, to dangle Greer out there. Cause that is still a, a prospect with some value and maybe try to get someone back that can inject some life into the, uh, into the NHL roster. 
Guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the evening. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Avalanche hockey. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening.